Welcome to Brain Hack, a podcast by BrainTap and Dr. Patrick Porter that will share cutting-edge ideas and break down the routines, mindset, and ideologies of the most successful BrainTap users. Dr. Porter will share scientific studies and popular techniques to strengthen your busy brain. This is a self-help podcast dedicated to finding out the keys to rejuvenate, energize, and focus the incredible power of your brain to create success, happiness, and limitless productivity. Welcome to the Brain Hack Podcast. Tell me how you found out about BrainTap, first of all. (laughs) So I I, am... the the lady that my chiropractor integrative medicine lady who is also an acupuncturist she put it on my head and then independently of that I was googling I think I was googling something for my son a magnet field mm-hmm. like, like um, a, a mat yeah. um, and then I found brain tap <laughs> great and, and and then I saw it in her in her practice, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna do it. Well, good. So, what were you using it for? What what was your intent when you when you purchased it? You know, I'm I'm a bio and life hacker, I would say, and and I'm always looking for, um, and I'm I'm also so it's not super rigid. I mm. do things, I try. I also think that the body needs impulses to adapt and keep learning mm-hmm. and you know i i meditate i do a priming practice in the morning but i just i noticed that that like, like with my yoga practice i could do it by myself but being in a yoga studio for an hour it's hot there is an instructor someone tells me what to do i just function and i think most humans function very well that way um and i put that thing on my head it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I would love to know, know a little bit from you. I, like what, what's the research? How did you find it? What do the two voices do? What does the music do? What do the, the, what do the lights do in the brain? I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take one at a time. And then definitely uh, one of the questions I saw was, would I be willing to be on your podcast for sure or Instagram live? We'd love to do that. So we can work that out later. The, um, but yeah, let's start with, first of all, what is the dual voice? Why are we doing that? So people might be wondering, what in the world are they talking about? <laughs> so what we do is the brain, because in the real world, we're, we're processing a lot of information, but our brain becomes fixated on how it filters it. Right now, as we're listening, our brain is actually our ears, if you will, but our, it's really our brain is processing 25,000 pieces of information through our auditory channels. But our brain is really good at filtering out what's meaningful to us, what's important. But if Kat, you and I were at a restaurant, we're eating and having a good time, and then somebody three tables over says, biohacking. We wouldn't hear any other part of the conversation, but we'd all we'd hear that because our brain is much more let's say, uh, productive than we gave it credit for. It's processing all that information, but we get in a habit. And just like we get in habits, our brain starts filtering out things. Like we might have a loved one that always says, you never listen to me. 
because the brain <laughs> discounts what they're saying or whatever. And so it doesn't make it valuable. So what we had to do was we have to bring in information that's valuable. So what we did is in the brain learns just like we do under stress. So we can learn under good stress, which is called eustress, or we can learn under really high stress conditions, right? They, they say crisis doesn't uh, make the man, it reveals the man, right? Or the woman, it doesn't matter, you know, when you're under. So what happens is what, what happens when we're totally stressed out? How does our brain operate? Well, we know that our brain shuts down. In fact, some people to the degree that they actually pass out. You know, because the brain saying this is too much information, too much going on. So what we started playing around with, and this was back in the 80s, when I was the voice of a product called the MC Square, which was my first portable light and sound machine. And we wanted to have something, we wanted to get engaged the two hemispheres. How do we keep them awake? And there's a technique in therapy where two therapists would work on one person. They actually call it the confusion technique. And what happens is one would talk in one ear, one would talk in the other. And the brain literally makes a story out of those two messages, just like it does with binaural beats. It, it takes, it creates its own storyline because the brain is always looking for meaning. It's always looking for what's the reason behind this. So when you're listening to my voice go through the middle of your brain, that's more of a logical linear journey, you know, relax your feet, your ankles, you know, doing a body scan, maybe something like that. And then the voice in the right ear might say, I wonder how comfortable you'd be if you take a deep breath and just relax. And so the brain goes, what, what's that? What's that going on? So this brain lights up. What we found on the EEG is when this brain lights up, it, it'll stay open for a while, but then it'll shut back down. Then this, speaking to this here, I might say, isn't it wonderful how easy it is to just relax? You know, I might say something like that. Then the brain goes, what, what's going on over there? So it lights up this side of the brain. And so we're doing that back and forth, right? And pretty soon the brain goes, we're just going to stay awake. Yeah. And we call this the awakened mind based on the work of Ann Weiss. She wrote the book called the, the awakened mind. And she talked about primary brain waves that we need. So the primarily this is teaching us that when we return back to our everyday life, even under stress, we're training the brain to stay active. Now we have this part of our brain up here called the frontal lobe, which has to do with uh, executive functioning, right? So that part of our brain literally shuts down under stress the part we need the most. But what it does, it doesn't want you thinking. It just wants you to turn and burn because it thinks there's a saber-toothed tiger chasing you or something like that. Because these bodies literally were designed to be in the Serengeti, not in a building working behind a computer for you know eight to 10 hours a day. But we're meant to be out there hunting and gathering, soaking up the sun, taking our naps in the middle of the afternoon next to the zebras, You know, not, not doing you know, what we do all day. I mean, we're pushing our nervous system to the limits and we haven't really exercised our nervous system. So we call this brain fitness. So think about it like we have just the algorithms. We have sounds like that. You've probably seen them on the app. They just hear the pink noise, the white noise and the lights and guide you through the process. That's like the lowest level neuro training. Now, the next level neuro training is we, we introduce sound, right? We're going to introduce music. Now, music has its own category of science. It's called the Mozart effect. And they know that if you have a, a child or if you wanted to learn something, you're reading a book, if you can play this broke kind of classical music or some of the easy listening that's out there now that's relaxing music, doesn't have the drum beats and basically puts you into an alpha state. That's why we call it 10 cycle music, 10 cycle being alpha. What we know is the brain just basically is smarter in that. So it tunes it up. We're not as smart in beta because in beta where we're awake, we have a lot of slippage, stress, 
you know, it's like going to a party and you get introduced to six people and they all say their name and then everybody disperses. And then later one walks up and you're going, oh God, I know her name, but you yeah. can't remember. And then when they walk away, it pops into your brain because when you're relaxed, it does that. So we want to train the brain. So that dual voice is actually training the brain. So then when you return to your everyday life, this conversation's easy. You were just processing three different conversations in your head and making sense out of it. So, you know, and that what's what's amazing with that process is we have people coming back all the time. I really think it's cool the way you keep changing that session. We're not changing the session. You're changing it based on your attitudes and beliefs at that moment. You're hearing different things. It's kind of like watching a movie and somebody said, did you see that mark over the door and what it meant or whatever? And then you watch the movie again. You go, I didn't even notice that before. People will notice the hidden messages that are in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And so, so I get that for, let's say the, the states, the, the internal states of the brain and how I feel in my mindset and relaxation, how does it work for, I'm, I'm always also like, I'm, I'm almost 50 and I'm trying to, uh, to biohack my, um, my biological clock and just deny aging. And um, so I'm, I'm also listening to the weight Mm -hmm. yes. how does it work for the body and and when you say and you just i mean I'm, i drink water be as you told me in those sessions and i and that the the weight losing and becoming a fat burning machine i mean i love to believe it <laughs> right so what happens is just to, most people don't know this but your liver produces sugar right yeah. so you you might not be eating sugar but you have one stressful event that one stressful event is more than a Snickers bar because the liver produces the sugar thinking that because it's a stressful event, because you put a toxin into your body. And so the, the, uh, with a thought, not a physical thing, you didn't eat the candy bar. You basically thought the stressful event, maybe it was a, a bad phone call, or maybe it was an event you missed or something was going on and you let yourself get stressed out and you spun out about it. Well, that's more fattening than chocolate. So number one in, our body works best in a non-resistant state. So the more stressed we are, like if I took my fist and I ball it up and I squeeze it, I'm resisting, I'm causing resistance here. Now, when I open up the blood flows into that area, I feel the tingling sensation. That blood flow and circulation represents the parasympathetic system. The tightness represents the, the sympathetic. If we get locked in sympathetic drive, which, which there's people out there that will identify with this, one stressful event, and the day's ruined. You know, they, they can't get back. They can't get back to focus. They go, I had a bad call this morning. I just can't get my stuff together. And then finally, it might be a day or two days. Finally, they shake it. They're better. And then something else happens. And then the nervous system gets what we call neurologically locked. It doesn't know how to shift gears out of that fight or flight that what we call you're just like a you're like a special forces person. <laughs> you know, you're just really diligent. You know, you're just looking at everything. And so what happens within the body is we're going to relax the body, get the flow of information. I mean, with, with one example is like, if you watch the Olympics or the runners in the Olympics, they're running a race that when we were kids, we might be doing this, you know, running as fast as we can, but you watch them. They're just gracefully running. It looks like they're hardly even trying and they're, they're running, you know, as fast as, you know, anyone has ever ran in their life, you know, because the body works better in a relaxed state. 
So we're going to relax the body, get innate intelligence to take over. And your body, your body, you can either be a sugar burner or you can be a fat burner. Okay. So what we're trying to do is get you to make the decisions to be a, the fat burner is a natural state of our body because our brain uses fat, right? That's why the keto diet's so big right now and people doing intermittent fasting and all of these things that are going on is because that's best for the brain. Yeah. So if we can, the other thing is that whatever is, think of your body like a hard drive. And in the old days, we used to have to take our hard drives and we would defrag them. We would have to re- reorganize them and file them. Now the system does it in the background. We don't see it. But in our brain as a conscious individual, you we need to defrag sometimes because there might be that one person we're really mad at still or or we don't know why we can't have this food, but other people can or, you know, whatever the reason is, our brain plays all these tricks with us. And so when you get focused on, we want you to focus on the health of your body, then your weight will simply be a byproduct of your behaviors. If you focus on the weight, sometimes that becomes a deterrent. Totally. So um, we, you know, my dad was 400 pounds at one time. My mother was almost 350. So I know what it's like to grow up in a house where people are overweight. And, you know, if I eat like they did, you know, then they were all processed foods. That's all. I mean, they thought when Hamburger Helper came out, this was like, gold you know this was so easy because we had nine kids you know whatever could be made in a big big pot you know that was cooking at the porterhouse and and we had to work on that and we only have right now one sister that really struggles with her weight because every once in a while she just decides that she pretends she's not she tells you she's doing everything right but the reality is that when people are with her they go no we see you doing this we see you do you know the results leave clues now sometimes it's when the body's gets out of balance so far the nervous system gets so far out of balance that you have to take some radical steps like uh you have to go on a maybe a keto diet or you have to do something to break up the the pattern because we don't really need as much food as we think Uh, if you were in india the indian traditions uh they would tell you uh, to be healthy you have to have one meal if you want to be occasionally sick, you have two. If you want to be sick all the time, have three meals. You know, and then in, as we get older, we eat less. I mean, look at our pets. I mean, if our dog's overweight, we just, yep, you don't get your dinner tonight <laughs> until you get thin again. But we don't do that to us. And I'm, I'm, but I think we have to do it. We know that there are foods that will kill our pets, but will not kill us. Because we have some kind of intelligence that neutralizes some of those other poisons. But I think that we can survive on a lot less if it's the right foods, if it's the nutrition rich and dense foods, the problem we have right now is what used to take just using broccoli as an example, we used to be able to get almost all the, you know, good phytonutrients we needed from a plate of broccoli or something. Now it would take like six plates to get it. You know, there's just nothing in our food anymore. So you have to supplement in a way that serves you and, you know, get the water soluble, um, kind of vitamins and minerals that your body needs. I think the biggest thing people are missing for weight loss is minerals. I use a, I have a friend of ours. He's actually talks a lot about brain tap. He wrote the book, get off your acid. If you haven't read that book, Daryl, Daryl Joffrey, he also wrote the book, get off your sugar. And um, he talks about brain tap throughout, get off your sugar throughout because we helped him uh, with his sugar addiction. So then he wrote the book, you know, to, to get off it. Cause the first thing is find out what your big trigger foods are or your trigger emotions 
work on those. And with, with BrainTap, you, you probably noticed we have over 200 sessions just for weight loss. And yeah. most of them are symptom specific. Like, for instance, somebody might do well Monday through Friday, but then on the weekends, their wheels fall off and they gain all their weight back because it seems to be much easier to gain weight than lose it, right? You can gain that three or four pounds back in a, in a weekend where it took you three weeks to, to get it off. Uh, so we have a session called Weekend Weight Loss. We have one that's called Turn Diet Saboteurs into Diet Supporters. So if you if you look at what's going on in your life and you take that inventory and, and are honest and say, oh, here's the session. That's what our coaches would do. Like the coaches that use BrainTap, they will work with somebody and they'll They'll coach them, but then they'll say, you know what? Here's the session we want. We'll pair it with this session this week. Listen to this session. Let's let's really get a let's really have this happen. And sleep. I don't know uh, how you're sleeping now, but the um, sleep is so much a part of all of this. So think of sleep as your superpower incubator. So if if you don't get if you don't get to sleep, you don't get your superpowers tomorrow. You know, you you basically know you have them, but you, somebody took your tights and cape and you're, you're not able to uh, save the world that day because you don't have the energy. And that also has to do with um, how the flow of your nervous system works, because everything gets reset during sleep and you get to build up your neurotransmitter bank account. So your mood stays constant. You have you have all the electrical components in your brain and all the chemical components in your body that you need to ward off the stresses because there's we're going to have stress there if anybody tells you they're going to teach you a stress reduction program for your life they're not saying it right you need to you know your life's always going to be stressful it's how do you handle it i agree i agree it's it's so interesting so you you talked about sleep as the superpower incubator i have this um i'm a biohacker i'm also a coach by the way an executive coach and i i I mean i i don't I talked to people mostly and people talk to me mainly, but this guy measures my deep sleep. Yeah. It's an aura ring. Oh yeah. Great. And it, uh, I love it, but it, I always said, I sleep well, I sleep good, but I don't have enough deep sleep. And I think it started, I have to, I have um, an 11 year, almost 12 year old and a 13 year old boy. And I think the, um, the 11 year old was born with uh, cystic fibrosis and it just, it was just a big crisis in our life. Um, I think I don't sleep deep anymore since I have them because I'm like, my nervous system is always a little bit, I'm not in a fight flight lock anymore. I think so I, I really made some big changes. I, I put like a corporate career on the side cause it didn't work with being a mom as well. Um, or the the mom that I wanted to be, let's say, and and also the work that my husband did, and the it, the puzzle didn't fit. So I I stopped that. I build in a lot more space, but I think it's also, I mean, I, I build it up over fifteen year twenty years. So I'm I'm gonna take probably a few years to build it down, but my deep sleep is really, and I I'm trying the programs, um, on deep sleep and and theta brain waves. And it in the morning, are you doing what well, we find to really get your sleep right? Uh, if you could do it for 21 days, wake up in the morning, do one of the wake up sessions like the AM in the lifestyle section um, that will wake up the brain. It, it actually triggers a brainwave called SMR, which is sensory motor rhythm. That's the cognition brainwave. And if we were there to measure your brain, I'd probably find that 
you wake up with a lot of Delta activity. So um, we need to wake it. We call it digital coffee for a reason because it wakes up the brain. And then in the middle of the day, if you did the brain fitness series, um, just for 21 days, there's seven of those. And that's basically, those are also SMR trainings, which means we're going to train that brain that keeps your brain going. And then at night, whether you use the headset or you just use your earbuds, uh, I would listen to one of the Delta trainings, the music only ones that drop you off. And you might try it without using the lights one night, see what happens, because maybe we're, some people have, uh, like if you're running hot, like your nervous system is already supercharged, and then we give you light therapy, you're getting more because we're, we're giving you photaic energy. So those photons are being absorbed by the, by the chromoforms in your body. And then it's giving you energy, just like you would in the morning, because we're using uh, 470 nanometer and 633 nanometer light through the ears and eyes. And most people, it's not a problem, but for about less than 10%, we find that they actually sleep better at night if they don't use the lights, but they just listen to the sound part of it. So you might well, try that just to see. In the morning, I do the brain fitness. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's the yeah. AM. That's, there's an AM series. Yeah, AM. And there's 10 different ones. So you just kind of rotate through them for the next 21 days. Just And waking up in the morning is the most important for sleeping at night. So because if your brain's dysregulated all day long and you try to go to sleep, it's not enough time for it to regulate. But if we can get it right in the morning, there's the saying, win the morning, win the day. And so we created those. They have a little bit more brain training to balance the brain because the dysregulation that happened over the years of stress, we need to get that brain back balanced. And that's what we find once somebody starts doing that in the morning, it has the energy. And then in the afternoon, if you do the reboot, so the brain doesn't get overtired. Uh, it's just like any other system. If it gets exhausted, it doesn't, it starts to dysregulate and that, that causes fear and anxiety and stress. So yeah. you don't want that in that. Those are just emotions. They, they're, they might not even be attached to anything. You know, when some people go, I have this anxious feeling. I don't know what it is. I can tell you if I measured your brain, 99% of the time, it's going to be that your brain's out of balance because the information is flowing all this information flows into our brain at one time, the pictures, the sounds, all of our creation, all of reality. Uh, as another example, we take in a thousand pieces of information through our eyes every second, but we only act again on less than 20 of them. Yeah. We render 80% of our reality, which means we, we're not even, reality is happening too fast. So our brain is making stuff up, wow. you know, in, in filling in the details. And to the degree that we, you know, we were all born with didactic photographic memories, but then we started reading. And we now know it's tied right to reading, that reading caused our brain to fracture and we no longer have access. That's still there, but the stress of not knowing, you know, like we put it so much pressure on ourselves to not, if we know something or if we can answer a question. And, you know, when you're, when you're sitting through all those problem solving calls with your coaching clients, your brain's working overtime, you know, and so it's you're going to be using as a coach, you're going to be using a lot more of your whole brain. Hopefully, you know, you're here listening to the problem you're solving it, or you're helping them to come up with creative solutions. So you're basically working double time to what they're doing because you're not only listening, but you're trying to come up with what would a good coach do, you know, and whatever your format is. So all of that is very, and your brain uses 80, 25% uh, of the energy of the system, but it can use up to 85%. And so when you're talking about like when people are in deep thought and they can't move and things like that, it's because the brain will hijack all of the energy to, to finish its task. 
you know, it, it's the the only reason we're here is to carry our brain around and observe the world and interact with it and do our thing. So it's and it's not just the brain up here either. It's our heart brain. You know, we have the 4,000 different neurocells in our heart and we have the gut brain connection. So these three uh, kind of act like a uh, together work to create this harmonics that gives brings body health. Yeah. Amazing. So I, 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 so I'm, I'm always experimenting and looking at the data and um, I got some really amazing deep sleep after my first session in my hot yoga studio after COVID, like three or four weeks ago, I just slept two and a half hours deep, deep sleep. And often it's like 13 minutes, 19. I, um, how do you explain that? Well, yoga itself is really, we always tell people to start yoga, Tai Chi or dancing because it's so good for the nervous system. The breathing, the breathing and moving, uh, all negative emotions have one thing in common, right? They don't breathe. Think of anger, fear, frustration, anxiety. There's no breath there. So you can't dance or do yoga or Tai Chi without breathing or you look like an idiot, right? You you can't do it. You'll fall over You because it's all about flow, flow states. So yoga and, and I've done a lot of yoga over the years. I trained with Yogi Bhajan for five years with Kundalini yoga back when I was younger. I still like that style of yoga because I, I like the, the trips to put your brain on. But the, uh, the, the main thing it does is it prepares your brain for meditation. So you did the work and then you did the actual practice. That's what's supposed to happen with yoga. You know, a lot of people think yoga is just a workout. But yoga in its purest form, like when we go to, we just had a, uh, a published study that's in Pub, PubMed now that I was part of that did a thing on yogic breathing. We did it with Ames Institute in India. They used our HRV system and uh, was published and showed that how breathing affects the autonomic nervous system. So you were able to downregulate using breath to do that. And so that that might be something that you might want to remember before you do the brain tap, maybe start to prepare yourself a little bit with some of the breathing just to remember, because once you remember it, the brain can do it very fast. Yeah. You know, like like when when a yogi or whatever goes into samadhi, they don't have to prepare. They, they've done it so many times. They just take a few breaths and they're there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's funny that I'm I got the so hum. Mm -hmm. and it immediately brings me in into a certain state, which is which is interesting. Um, where where did where do I find the article, the study? I love that. The uh, well, you, if you look up my name on PubMed, it will it will be there. But right. if you need to just contact us, we'll be publishing it on our social media too. It's great. It, and also, if you go to braintapresearch.com, you'll okay. see all of our research publications. We we've had like four different publications this year. We do a lot of research. We're doing one today. We actually here in New Bern, North Carolina, where I'm at, we have uh, we're doing some live readings with some people just to see the flow uh, between using the app alone, using the app with the headset. And we're going to be publishing those results because we, we did it already with uh, 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 the college Valencia College down in Florida. They're doing one with wellness, with uh, mindfulness. We took the, the professor's mindfulness message and we made it brain tap encoded. And so half the group is using that and half the group's not. So, but we wanted to have a baseline study here so we could validate if the information in Florida was correct. That's super cool. Hey, and so how do you measure um, the brain waves? Is it EEG or? 
We have both. We use the Wavi. We also use a device called the NeuroInfinity. We also use the Muse, which is an easy way to do it. There's an extra app, not their app, but there's an app that somebody built that does live streams of the brainwaves. And that's the most economical. It's only $200. And then the uh, we also use our, we have our own HRV that I uh, helped to create that will measure ECG, they call it. It's been correlated with EEG, which means we don't know the hemispheres like we can with the other devices, but it'll tell us how the primary brain waves, and it's a lot less money uh, than having to get the, the EEG equipment out. Plus it only takes three to five minutes. So depending oh. on what we want to accomplish, if we're, if we're trying to do dementia studies, we're going to use the full EEG. If we're just looking at the nervous system and relaxing, then we're going to use the HRV. Interesting. That's so great. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm getting my doctorate in leadership psychology and I'm, my um, thesis, my dissertation is going to be on how does the, the brain of a follower react to certain leadership types behavior, different types of behavior of a leader. And I'm using, you might know him, Paul Zak. He has, um, he's a, he calls himself a neuroeconomist and, He has a startup and it's called Neuroscience as a Service. So it's linked to Apple, Fitbit, other heart rate, but it, it measures heart rate variability. And it gives you two data points. Again, not where in the brain, but it gives you immersion. So how much am I immersed? And I'm it's probably pretty high right now. And it gives you psychological safety. So how like calm. I'd love to, I'd love to know more about that because uh, we do a lot of work with uh, like this, it's a BioStrap. They, uh, we just did a competition, our company against their company. And um, we had an 80%, we could, it does sleep studies. So uh, we showed an 80% improvement in sleep efficiency within a two week period. So they were doing it, we, we asked people to do it at least two times a day to get that result, so. Oh, cool. Hey, so it's called getimmersion.com. It's a startup and they are very much in the entertainment industry. They are in, in LA. So they, they don't go into health and wellness and sleep. Um, but it's just an interesting way to measure what happens in the brain based on peripheral nervous system uh, movement. Well, we're, we're always open to helping people with their studies. I, I'm the Dean of Brain-Based Medicine at Quantum University. So we do a lot of with PhD students. That's the, we just helped a student do a, a sleep study with um, coal miners in Australia. And we had um, about a 40% improvement of sleep efficiency with coal miners. And the first thing we had to do is get them off alcohol. I mean, that was terrible. I mean, we couldn't even get any scans for the first week because they were drinking so much before they went to bed. And that just kills the brain. I mean, when we showed it to them, though, it got them to stop drinking. You know, we showed them Here's what your brain looks like on alcohol, you know. And, and you know, that thing tells me, of course, I, I, I don't drink a lot, but in the, like, weekend, if I have a glass, especially red wine, oh, mm. my God, it's like, it's instead of 50, 51, 54, the lowest, it gets to 62, 63. It's ridiculous what alcohol does. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see some of my sleep scores. They were blown away because if I get below a 90, I'm upset. The, um, but the, uh, even I, I had one that I posted, I only slept two and a half hours and still got a 90. So, because it was almost all deep sleep. If you can get at least an hour of deep sleep, we find in two hours of REM, usually you score pretty good on those apps. I get um, it. You know, yeah. And it's, um, and I always do a little breathing exercise as I'm going to bed. I'd usually do the, the four, eight breath, you know, to, really down regulate my 
my uh, sympathetic system, especially if I if I had a stressful day, because sometimes I'll be going, 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 and oh, it's time to go to bed. That's not the best way to do it, right? It's, it's best to unwind. But if you're at a show or you're traveling, you can't. You, you got to do what you you have to do. So so do you? Is it the two four eight breathing? Two in. I'm doing the four eight. So you breathe into the count of four, breathe out to the count of eight, or we'll do the box breathing. You know, four four in. You know, hold it, four out, then hold it for four, and just keep doing that box breathing. Depending upon what what we, you know, I, I like to mix it up a little bit. Of course, then if you if I'm if I'm needing energy instead of going to sleep, I'll do something like the breath of fire, or something like yeah, <laughs> get, the, get the breath going. And I mean, I'll be driving and I'll feel a little tired. Instead of getting a coffee, I'll just do breath of fire for ten or fifteen minutes, and I'm I'm energy, I'm buzzing, you know, getting that pranic energy through the body and waking up every cell. You know that makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, it's amazing. As hey, how about what does movement do to the brain? Movement is, is necessary. If you don't move, your brain is going to atrophy and die. That's our brain became as large as it is because of exercise and movement. That's why I say that in order to have proper brain health, you need a mindfulness practice like brain tap. But you need to also be moving and breathing. That's where the yoga comes in, or tai chi, or dance. Um, and if you're not getting up and moving, like uh, they have different devices you get for your computer screen, like every hour I'm staying, I stand almost all day now at, since about three years ago when I read the articles about sitting, I can sit, I have a chair here, but usually I find that if I sit too long, my back starts hurting and uh, it just doesn't work for me. So I'd, I'd rather just stand and then, but also I have to get away from the computer. So at the, at, usually at the top of the hour, whenever I'm done with the meeting, I'll walk outside. I don't you know, some people are out there smoking or whatever, but I just walk out, just get a little sunshine, get a little vitamin D, break up the scene, get get away from it. Because even though the screen looks to be a fluid uh, thing, our brain is actually measuring every pixel and when it changes, yeah. just like in Rain Man, when he knew all the toothpicks, our brain knows that information. It's just not giving it to us because it's not useful. You know, yeah. where uh, some people like that have that uh, kind of Asperger kind of brain, they're able to, they don't know why they do it either, but their brain just calculates all that information. Our brain is doing that. It's just, that's why it's taxing to sit behind a computer screen. If you saw the screen of somebody or somebody's brain after they did computer games for a couple hours, man, I'm glad I never got into computer games. Now, my grandson, we we limit his time when he's with us because I showed him, I said, you know, let's, and he's, you know, he's young, he's eight years old, so he should not have any problems with his brain. But even his brain starts to look like an alcoholic's brain uh, when they get on the computer too long. Tell me more about that. Like, it, 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 is, it, is it the reward system? Is it like, oh, I need more? I see it in my voice and we limit it to weekends only. Yeah. Then dopamine, beta brain creates dopamine. So the dopamine receptors keep getting hit in the, you know, it's kind of like the, the rats that they said they, they could give them sugar or they could have sex and they would go for the sugar every time because the dopamine hit, they wouldn't even go. I mean, nobody would think that's logical, right? Especially for an animal, but the, because they wanted that dopamine hit that sugar gives them. So there's the computers do the same thing. So when you're, whether it's a single shooter game or anything else, the brain is uh, being taxed. So, I mean, we're doing a study with some some of these EAS uh, professional teams. They have professional athletes playing these computer games and they they carve out. Right. They, they think that's the way to do it. And we were showing them how bad that is for their brain. 
that what their brain really needs is a high fiber uh, and maybe to step away from the game every once in a while and reboot. So we showed them how they could regain 80% of the energy just by doing a brain tap session. And some will do it, some won't. I mean, there are kids that actually wear diapers playing these computer games so they don't have to get up and go to the bathroom. So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, because that dopamine response, all addictions are pretty much dopamine receptor yeah. addictions. So yeah. we have to figure out a new way to do that. And, um, you know, basically when your brains, there's a good book called Finding Your Perfect High by John Marshall. And it's an old book. So I, I think it's still in print, but I used that book as kind of a guide when I was doing the programs for DUIs for the state of Arizona, because he was talking about the brain when it's addicted, it doesn't really want the substance. It wants balance but it doesn't know how to get it there. So when we're in a state of balance, we have this state of flow. We just feel good and everybody's seeking that, but it's kind of elusive, especially when we get hit with stress. Yeah. And so some people, the dopamine gives us that, that hit that keeps us motivated, keeps us going. And of course, dopamine leads to adrenaline addiction and people just want the excitement and they're always looking for what's the next game and, you know, things like that. So it's it's painful uh, to hear that. And I can see it. I can just see addictive behavior when they have been on there. But so you say it's important to take breaks? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I would say that, you know, with with our grandson, we don't let him play for more than 45 minutes and he gets 15 minutes to go do something else. Go drink. And a lot of times we get him away from it, doing something else and he forgets about it. He, it satisfied him. But as long as he's sitting there, if he's, you know, We're, we're in a society now where everybody's bored. So like my kids, they, they joking, joke about it now because they're saying it to their kids. But the, um, I used to say, there's no boring times, only boring people. We need to make you more interesting, you know, so because it's, it's impossible to be bored in this, in this universe. There's too much going on, but you know, what they're looking for is they're looking for somebody to entertain them instead of entertain. We need people who can entertain themselves, can think for themselves I, one of my big pet peeves is that people don't know how to think anymore. You know, they, they look, they look to the news for their medical advice or they, or they, they look outside themselves. And the, the analogy is, uh, you know, when you look at an egg, an egg is life when it breaks from the inside, but it's death when it breaks from the outside. So we have to develop these inner skills so that we can handle this external world in a way that it doesn't crush us, you know, yeah. but if we're, if we're, the, the world isn't going to support us any way that, that we want the, everyone in the world is out for themselves and that's that's normal because we're that's the kind of thing it is so we have to kind of look look out for ourselves and build our own happiness and create our own economy if you will and i i say we live in an energy economy so if we let energy vampires drain us of our energy and our life and our time then you know we'll in that there's a physiological thing that's happening there we share biophotons we share energy And they've proven that now. So we we actually given so who you hang out with actually can change your DNA. We know that now. It's a scientific fact. So it's not like when people say birds of a feather flock together. It's because they start all sharing in the same kind of. Uh, they even say that if our gut biome is the same, we'll seek out people with the same gut biome. You know, in in things like that. So we're not just these physical beings running around. You know. Uh, thinking and acting, we're, we're much, much more. I, I like to remind people that we're spiritual beings having a physical reality, not a physical being trying to be more spiritual or trying to be more of something else. We're, that's the problem we have is that we know there's something greater within us, and we're, but it's just out of our grasp until we settle down. Like the Bible says, be still and know God. You know, the, um, 
we have to slow down our brain and get that monkey mind to just be quiet for a little bit so that we can, you know, listen to that wisdom that we all have our genetic wisdom, our, our, we know what to do if we're really honest with ourselves. It's just a matter of slowing everything down because life happens, instead of life happening through us, it happens to us. So we need to be more in the flow state. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else I can answer for you before we wrap up the call? We went a little long, but that's okay. I have um, I, I'm, I'm gonna try my sleep my sleep program for i'm gonna do it for 21 days okay great um this was i'm i'm just super grateful thank you well thank Very you inspiring. just one more question for you then before we end is if somebody's thinking about doing brain tap but have made the decision since you saw it at your practitioners you've you saw it online you did these things what would you say to them that they should or could do to learn more or to explore more about brain tap try it and try it over a period of time and and see i mean i'm i'm i really feel i'm not procrastinating i'm just taking it doing it putting it on my head and i i'm like oh yeah this is self care um and it it's so it's just it it's good for me yeah. well, you know, it's a very concrete way to take care of yourself yeah. self care that's great. Yeah. And so many people don't take care of them. They're so busy taking care of everybody else. They don't take care yes. of themselves. So that's a good point. Yes. Uh, the caregivers need to take care of themselves as well. So, well, yes. thank you for um, setting this up so we could talk and uh, get your questions answered. And we appreciate you helping BrainTap Nation out by sharing your experience and asking all those good questions. And so uh, look forward to hearing about your success. And uh, you do have my email so you can get a hold of Heidi with us and set up a time for me to be a guest on your Instagram. We can do that easily. That sounds amazing. Okay. All right. See you later, Kat. Thanks so, so much. Yeah.